Hey you guys, uh, thanks for tuning in again. I'm totally enjoying the feedback, um, even the negative feedback. Today we got a lot of haters on like all of our platform. But that just means we're doing things right. If, if people hate you, man, that means they're paying attention to you. And that means that, you know what I'm saying, they see you as a threat. It, like, you ever heard that? You ever heard, like, a rapper or a rich dude or whatever? being like, bro, I don't even know who you are. Who are you again? Blah, 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 blah. Like, people who you don't see as, like, a threat, like, they're not even on your radar. So that's good. That means if we're getting hated on, <laughs> that means we're doing something right. Because if if you're not bothered by someone or you don't feel like that person is a threat to, like, you know what I'm saying, dominating you or whatever, or, or a threat to maybe your business or your influence or whatever the, you know, the, it means you're not doing, that means you're not doing things right. I mean, if you're not pissing anybody off, you're not doing anything right. I know that seems counterintuitive, um, but there's a difference between, uh, thought leadership and just producing things that people like, um, there's a big difference in that. One of those things, you know what I'm saying, you might see yourself grow fast, but uh, no one will remember you because you're just like everyone else. The other one, it's probably going to take harder for you to climb, but if you keep chipping away at that shit every day. Um, sorry, there's some dude parked behind me again. <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, hey man, we appreciate all the feedback, all the love and the hate. Thanks for tuning in. Right, today's pop little podcast you know i've been calling some of these field notes or whatever it's because like so i'm back in a situation where i've been forced in a financial hardship situation um where uh i'm not gonna get into the details of it but it was forced it was coordinated and forced and so it kind of put me in a hard spot so now i'm having to deal with you know a lot of riffraff and shit like that on, on my on my day-to-day and so i have more back and forth with a lot of these fucking people who do this stalking and abuse of me and shit like that it's uh kind of brought me back before you know what i'm saying so for the past year i've been kind of in a nicer neighborhood and then what happened was people came through my my neighborhood and i wasn't there during the day or something like that and got all my neighbors fucking spooked on me and uh it was weird it, it was weird. all of a sudden i started finding neighbors whose cars i recognized them on the street I would notice them in like two and three cities over, like following me around town. After this shit happened, it was crazy. Like whoever they, whoever whoever it is, it's a fucking team of people. It's directly responsible just for me. I am the most popular girl at school uh, when it comes to my area of uh, where I live in the Tri City area. I am the most popular girl at school. Long story longer, thanks for listening. I want to talk about something I like to call micro-authoritarianism. And it's something, I guess we're going to call this a field note. But it's something that I've been noticing as I've been out and about. Like I said, I had to deal with more riffraff because I was put in kind of a financially tough uh, situation. I should roll my windows up a little bit. You probably can hear all that traffic. oop doo 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 all right, we got some ventilation in here. Anyways, long story longer, micro-authoritarianism. And for those of you who may not know, uh, the definition of authoritarianism, 
Let me just pull it up right here. Authoritarianism is the enforcement or advocacy of strict obedience to authority at the expense of your personal freedoms. Personal freedoms being freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of thought, freedom of worship, yada, yada, yada. But the enforcement or advocacy advocacy of strict obedience to an authority. Now, why am I calling this micro-authoritarianism? Well, actually, let's learn a little bit more about kind of some examples of authoritarianism and how and why authoritarianism, you know what I'm saying, is sort of a mindset and there's different uh, flavors of it. And it's important for me, I'm going to go over the different flavors and formulas so you can better identify because so many people just be like, oh, that guy's just being a jerk or maybe that guy's just upset. Well, un unfortunately, authoritarianism is a special place in your mind where it's like, no, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I'm always right because I think I am. And if you say something that makes me feel like I'm wrong or shows other people that I'm wrong, I will now threaten you with violence until you say what I say is right is right. So there's this one book that breaks that breaks down lots of examples. It's called Silencing Silencing the Opposition: Government Strategies of Suppression of Freedom of Expression, and it's written by this guy named Craig uh, R. Smith. And I'm not gonna go over too much, but if you want to learn more about it, basically he teaches a history lesson and then he goes over that flavor or that formula of authoritarianism. Um, yeah. So like, uh, he goes over like in chapter four of the book, um, he goes over how, um, what's it called? Do, 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 do. How the Native Americans were suppressed by over, uh, authoritarianism. And he saw this flavor of authoritarianism. And it had, um, it had a specific, uh, it had a specific strategy for this authoritarianism. The four, uh, the, the four strategies for this flavor of authoritarianism, basically what we did to the Native Americans, was isolation, annihilation, transformation, and marginalization. And isolation occurred when like the early set settlers treated the Native Americans like they were a separate nation, like they were just different people, whatever. And that what that did was that furthered rifts that, were all, that already existed due to like, cultural and language differences. And, you know, also the government began like a series of just breaking promises to the Native Americans. Uh, they violated over like, 370 treaties of Native American tribes by 1980. And this is after they made the treaties. You know, they violated all these things that they said they weren't going to do. And basically the Native Americans had no recourses or courts to fix this bullshit that the U.S. you know nixed on our treaties that we made with them, and they began to pull away from like white people culture. Now the annihilation part was came from a feeling of cultural superiority held by all the white people moving in. Um, 
what this resulted in is something called passive annihilation of the Native Americans due to their exposure of like unencountered diseases and then active annihilation due to the taking of their resources uh, by other white people. They would just take the shit. If you want an example of kind of what that looks like now, you know, fuck, you know, I, I, I got no problem with Jews. Unfortunately, some 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 of the, the strategies the Israeli government is taking on how they are developing their country is kind of crazy. But you'll see like these tractors just going into parts of Palestine and they're just they'll just come up to people in their homes and just mow over their homes. They'll just go they'll just they'll just yeah, <laughs> that's what they're doing. You should just look it up on YouTube. It's it's fucking crazy. They just think like we this is ours because we say it is and that's why, because we have the bigger shit and it doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying? What that, that this home has been here or this home is built, you know, you know, 50 years ago, or whatever we have the big machines. So we are going to say what is the truth. That's why they say history is written by the winners. Um, and then, uh, another, the, 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 another part of annihilation of the annihilation strategy of the native Americans was by the military. Um, and that was just manifest destiny. We just took shit. Uh, the transformation part of the formula uh, occurred when, you know, they uh, Native Americans can no longer isolate their culture from our culture any longer. And then they didn't have any space. And that resulted in, you know, in an attempt by white people to, since they had, they couldn't not mix with us after a while. They force their customs and beliefs on the Native Americans. You know, people say Native American. I like First Nation. I think First Nation. I mean, Native American. Here's the thing about Native American. Whenever you say it, you immediately think of like, oh, like you like you don't think of like a person that just has a, a cultural history but still grows up alongside you. That always like fucks me up in that I fucks me up kind of in the head because you know saying words 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 matter because they're anchored to ideas and associations um I always like first nation like whenever I think of you know what we consider like I guess the, the American Indians or whatever and just calling them the first nation you know what I'm saying the same way you know we used to call you know how, how people used, how people say African-American it's like those people aren't African. They were they were born in Sheboygan. You know what I'm saying? They're born in Hoboken. That's a that's a black American. He's an American. He's just black. he's one of us. And that's 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 important when you say words like that. Because when you say African American, it still like imposes this idea of you are separate from me, but you're kind of like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if you call them a black American, they're just they're an American. You know what I'm saying? They're they just got more melanin. I think the same thing goes for Native Americans, it seems when you call them Native American, it has this anchored uh, association with like teepees and, do you know what I'm saying? Shit that it doesn't, it doesn't equalize them as a people. I think, and, and if anything, um, I've been hearing this one uh, phrase said, they call them, uh, some tribes are referring to themselves as First Nation. They don't call themselves Native Americans. They call themselves First Nation. And that, that's, I fucking love that shit. Um, First Nation, I mean, that just, that really solidifies it. They're just like us, but they were here first. Like, they're First Nation. They're First Nation Americans. Cause, yeah, because that Native American, it just, 
doesn't it though? It, it makes you think. Like when it goes, you swing right, and you think of Native American. When you go in your head, you just you think of beads and fucking like no, no, they, they, they're motherfuckers that were here first, but they are also Americans. I and you know what I'm saying like First Nation. I love that First Nation. But anyways, yeah, going back to it. So if anything, I'm going to continue talking about it, and instead of saying Native American, I'm going to say First Nation. Because that's what people should say, I think. Words words have power, you know? Anyways, the the transformation part of the, uh, the strategy occurred when we were doing, like... Yeah, so there, we couldn't... There's no way for us to uh, not be around the First Nation. Uh, First Nation uh, Americans at the time. And so... Uh, Europeans or white people, we, you know, we started to force our customs and beliefs on First Nation Americans, and we tried to assimilate them into our culture and stuff like that. We tried to make them Christians and tried to dress them a certain way, and that's that's how you, like, dominate a person, you know what I'm saying, and, and kill them and kill their culture. Um, but yeah, I think the religious conversion is the most gross part of that and anyways then there was the marginalization so it has it had it had four strategies let me just go over that because i went off on that whole first nation thing um it's uh isolation annihilation transformation and marginalization now we're on marginalization so marginalization involved you know coming down on them or making the things that they did like not of importance uh, when they had problems with white people doing shit. And, you know, the uh, First Nation Americans, you know, had tactics to kind of resist this kind of suppression. Um, believe it or not, they, they gained a lot of ground from being deleted in, you know, white people taking over their, their land when they started to adopt uh, principles and tactics of the Europeans and stuff like that, uh, in, including including how they're structured, etc. Now there was also uh, a way of of, uh, of of government oppression for silencing like labor unions, and back in the day. Um, Labor unions, there. You know, what I'm saying, people see labor unions now as like the Starbucks union and the fucking uh, um, the fight for 15 American food workers union and stuff like that. They see them as like not a big deal, but like you have no fucking clue how gangster. If you were part of a labor union back in the day, back in turn of the century America and the 20s and 30s, uh, bro, you are a gangster. People died. People got shot in the street for their labor union back then. And that's another brand of authoritarianism. And, you know, I want to kind of go over that strategy as well. Um, two major strategies of authoritarianism are used in, in, in that kind of suppression. But it, 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 the first part of the strategy is like immediate and direct acts of intimidation by whoever is the oppressor is and then uh that's the, the other strategy would be like administrative act 
passed by local governments and uh, regulators that would basically create laws that would not allow the labor unions to um, to form or have power. And so I want to give you an understanding of what's it called? Of a labor, how how gnarly this labor union stuff. And I'm going to read this from the Historical Society of North Carolina where this happened. But there was something called the Marion Mill Massacre back in 1929. And this is why you need to understand why labor unions now, how they might seem silly. Like I, I saw the Starbucks union. I'm just like, those motherfuckers make coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Really? Really? Uh, but then after a while, you know what I'm saying, I started, uh, and, and, and personally, I started reading up on this before I did this podcast, and I understand, like, homie, learn your roots, like, labor, you like, if anything, a uh, labor union is, you know what I'm saying, you gotta keep that whole, you gotta keep that alive, because, you know, people came a long way, just like, just like, uh, um, black Americans came for being treated equal, etc., the start, like, people see how it is now, and they see when people be like, oh, no, 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 this guy followed me on the store because I'm black, and it, uh, you know, because I'm black, and they were racial profiling, etc., and, and lots of white people are like, are you sure? Are you sure you're not just being over the top, whatever, because now people see racism less as oppressive and more tribalistic, and uh, are you sure that's what happened, or da 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 but, like, people came a far way, bro, like, just like people died in the streets, just so they could drink at the same fountain, be just so they can go to school with white pe- people, like blood in the streets. And now that doesn't seem like such a big deal. And when people claim racism now, yeah, well, at least for white people, because I, I am a born privileged white person. So I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what that feels like. I mean, I know what it's like to be treated less than, especially going through this shit. Uh, for for literally reasons that are just concocted in people's fucking heads, but um, you know what I'm saying. When I was reading for this podcast about micro authoritarianism, and I'm going to give you the example. This is I'm giving you all this history first and foremost. But in saying that, it's important for whenever you see those things. Uh, Bernie Sanders, believe it or not, he's really behind those labor unions as well. I think he understands. Well, he grew up in that, believe it or not. Bernie Sanders was a gangster back in his day. You should look up old school Bernie Sanders on what he went through. That's that's Bernie Sanders is one of our like last gangster politicians that we have. Like people who made it were there to make a change. And then they just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go into the system and change it from within and was an advocate. He's been an advocate since day one. I can't believe we didn't elect that motherfucker one of these times. How many times did that guy run? I swear to God, if he if he runs again, like Jesus, like he is a he is a people. If he is a, a person, a man of the people. Anyways, but when you see these labor unions now, you understand it's important to support them. Even though you might think like the food workers union, you're like, oh, the guy at fucking Taco Bell wants fifteen dollars an hour. Oh, the Starbucks union. What the fuck is that? It's not a big deal. Da, da, da. The Amazon makers union. Oh, they tape my boxes. It it comes from a long line of people who actually died. To even get this far. Do you know what I'm saying? So you need to understand. But this that is a flavor of authoritarianism. When they union bust those things. When they they just got recently fired Starbucks workers. Uh, they fire Amazon employees who try to lay, organize labor unions. Because they understand that 
people who are organized get shit done. And especially when it's a, it's not a, because unions, they have a union leader, but that's maybe basically a guy that just kind of like, you know, he's like holds the gavel and asks everybody what they think, but the people vote. It's a very democratic uh, organ, uh, organization structure. Anyways, now getting back to it about my uh, authoritarianism, because you need to understand examples of authoritarianism and how, you know, it's used to marginalize somebody or etc. And how this applies to COINTELPRO 2.0 and, and uh, oppressive tactics. Let me go back into this history lesson. So um, on October 2nd, I'm going to read this from the uh, North Carolina Historical Association's website. It's known as the Marion Mill Massacre. In October 2nd, 1929, deputies fired into a crowd of striking workers in Marion, North Carolina. Six were killed and even more wounded at the Marion Manufacturing Company in one of the deadliest acts of strike busting in the South. This year marked an apogee of strikes and labor organization in southern textile mills. Eight years prior, over 100 miners were killed at the Battle of Blair Mountain in West Virginia. Isn't it crazy how... you understand... People who wanted to get unions, they used to name them the Battle of. You understand? That's how gnarly uh, uh, being part of a labor union was back in the day. So it's important to support your unions. Every time you understand someone's getting into a union, understand it comes from a long line. There is a lot of history behind that shit. Anyways, but can you? They call them the. They call it the Battle of Blair Mountain West, and a hundred miners were killed because they went on a labor strike. Um. Anyways, eight years prior, over 100 miners were killed at the Battle of Blair Mountain in West Virginia in a period of coal clashes and unionization attempts. Later in the 1920s, many textile workers reacted to the grueling and dirty work conditions under the stretch-out system, along with the reduction of their pay and company script, began organizing and demanding better conditions, spearheading by the National Textile Workers Union, an organization supported by the Communist Party at the time. Concurrent strikes began in early 1929 at the Bergam Glastoff Rayon Corporation in Elizabethton, Tennessee, and at Lorry Mills in Gastonia, North Carolina. Female employees were key to the organization of both strikes, and the latter is most famously remembered for the death of Ellie Mae Wiggins. National Guard members, local police, and union-busting mobs were called to boast of these events. So you understand, the National Guard, so, so the government, so the federal government, the local police, and union busters were working together to keep these people from unionizing. So the the federal government, local police, union busters, which union busters basically is they get people part of the local mob um, and they pay them money to be, hey, go fuck these guys up. They need to teach them a lesson. So basically, regularly when people try to say, hey, this is happening at our work area. This is what the truth is. Do you know what I'm saying? And we want to change this for us. And the federal government, the local cops, and the local crime syndicates would work together to kick the shit out of these people who were striking. They're saying, we want this because, look, this is what's happening here at our work. And these people are here to say, no, it's not. Crazy, right? The Marion strikes which occurred at the neighboring Clinchfield Mill as well, began in July 11th. Workers struck without union support 
Resisting involvement by communist organizers. After frequent violence and threats with two National Guard units present, workers returned to these mills on September 11th with no raise in pay and a mandatory 55-hour work week. The manufacturing mill, the, the Marion manufacturing mill, though, refused to rehire 114 of the strikers, leading to further anger. Then workers struck again on October 2nd. Deputies were dispatched by local sheriff, and some of these, some details are murky. But deputies shot into a crowd of strikers, killing four on site, wounding at least 15, with two others dying later. This is just a work strike. Okay? The cops, the local cops, because of this mill, has so much pull in town. You understand? So an, a large organization has a lot of pull. The g- local government, and remember they're talking about the National Guard too, as well as union busters, which are just paid thugs, part of the local gangs. So the federal government, local cops, and gangs all working together. And in this second strike here on the October 2nd in 1929, uh, the deputies were just like, uh, the people are saying again, hey, this is happening here at the plant. It's unsafe. Um, it's unclean. We can't work. We, we're, the, the, the hours are fucking are, are, are too long and weird. And they're like, no, that's not what's happening. It's what we say is happening, and you're going to get back to work. And they just started Elvising people into the crowd. Boom, 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 boom. No, it's not what you say. It's what we say. Even though these are the we, these workers were working in the mills, they understood what was going on, but the people who had no clue about what was actually happening or what was actually the truth about what was going on there didn't care about what was being said they were just there to say no and then under, with the threat of violence let people know that's not what's up what we say is true so back to the article it says through some details are murky deputies shot into the crowd of strikers killing four wounding 15 with two others dying later and then get this because this mill had so much pull in the city right the nearby hospitals refused medical care to the strikers and the churches uh, of the, in the village of the mill refused to administer their funerals for their family eight deputies were charged but acquitted and they contended the strikers were armed they said that the strikers were armed that's why they shot in the crowd but there were no guns found so there was nothing filled. so they said they had a reason to do something Right, they had a reason to just start murdering people because they're like, "Hey, this is going on here. This isn't safe." And these people are saying, "No, that's not true." And now you're, you know, what I'm saying, and if you keep fucking bitching about it, we're gonna fucking kill you. And they did. How gnarly is that? That is authoritarianism, like a motherfucker. But that's an example, and we had authoritarianism here in early America. But how crazy is that? Because that fucking mill had so much pull in that town, the hospital wouldn't take care of the people, so they just died of bullet wounds. Because a company, you know what I'm saying? It could have just, you know what I'm saying? Well, basically, the family who owned the mill had so much pull that the hospital wouldn't fucking treat these people after the cops just were saying, no, uh, we're not trying to hear what you're saying. We're trying to tell you that's not true, and you need and you need to fucking fall in line. Bang, bang, bang. Multiple people dead. 
hospital wouldn't help them because the family of the mill had so much pull. Uh, the church wouldn't even give their families a funeral because the family of the mill had so much pull in that town. And most of the people who were killed were shot in the back. So they, they went up to the strike line and the cops went around back and started shooting people. So it was even more fucked up than just guys, you know, clashing face to face. They called it the Massacre of Marion. Yikes. So, you learned about how, because um, I want you to understand where where the brain goes for specifically authoritarianism. Because a lot of people just try to write things off as being a dick. Being a dick is different than authoritarianism. Because it has an established anchor in I'm right, you're wrong and when you show me that I'm wrong, I'm going to threaten you until you say I'm right. Do you understand what's going on there? Now with the with the Europe with the Euro, with the with the Europeans coming into the uh, First Nation Americans um as we learned at first, the Europeans, the Europeans just had this, had this uh, ego about them that they were better than the First Nation Americans. Uh, we learned in, in, in that first example how they just, and then they were trying to convert them, and then when they wouldn't convert them, things got worse for them, you know. Um, and in the second style of authoritarianism, basically people are like, "Yo, we are here. We are experiencing this." Uh, you guys got to change this. And then the federal government, the local government, and the, uh, what do you call it? And then paid thugs, paid people in local gangs, basically. Because the family of the mill had so much pull, all worked together to kill people and were shot in the back at massacre levels, 14 people. Because it's, because because of, no, it's not what you say is true, even though you have you obviously have the experience and information, right? To say it's true. It's what I say is true. And then not only am I going to say I'm right and you're wrong, but now I'm going to threaten you with violence until you say uh, I'm right. Until you say what I say is the reality is the reality. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. There's so much more examples in that book. If you want to learn about authoritarianism, basically that guy in the book, uh, it's called um, Silencing the Opposition, Government Strategies of Suppression of Freedom of Expression. And it's Craig um, R. Smith. Basically teaches you a history example and he teaches you how that flavor of authoritarianism was structured and how how it worked and how it how it toppled. So why am I, why are we learning about authoritarianism, how it's structured, um, and how you know I'm saying it's implemented? Well, because I'm dealing with the situation, and I know if I'm dealing with it, and since humans have been on this, humans and civilization and modern civilization and people living in large groups. And mass behavior dynamics have existed for quite the thousands of years. I imagine I'm not the only person to ever experience this. So I'm, I'm, 
recording my experience, but first doing kind of a history lesson so we can understand what's behind it. I am now dealing with in my community where a, well, first off, in my situation, there's been like many different, many different uh, uh, origins for my abuse. And what happens is, as you've learned about mass formation psychosis and that podcast, it's a couple before this. I think it's the one right before it, actually. Uh, we learned the formula for getting people all fucking hyphy on one piece of information and then getting those people just all fucking crazy about something, whether it's true or not. And I have uh, Dr. Robert Malone uh, quotes a, uh, a, behavior, uh, uh, a behavioral scientist on how he... On, on how um, mass, beha- uh, mass formation psychosis is structured, the formula for it to implement it, and how it's a thousand percent how your gang stalking started, or how they get the people who aren't being paid, you know what I'm saying? The ones that aren't local thugs and corrupt cops and even corrupt federal government, we're learning. I mean, even back in the day, the feds and the local cops and, and, and thugs all work together to fuck just the normal, some n- normal people. Isn't that crazy? How those guys should be enemies and they're all working together. Anyways, I'm so when I was doing my abuse, you know what I'm saying? It, I was given like multiple reasons and then they would move the goalposts once I inexplicably, you know what I'm saying, proved that wasn't true. And then it moved to something else. And then it moved to something else. But again, basically the same formula of mass formation psychosis. The people the, that got everyone all riled up would then change the game, change the, change the flavor. Oh, well, yeah, he says this, but oh, did you know about this? And then all of a sudden they start to hyper fixate on another thing. And they, they, they move this crowd, this, this, you know, group of people being purposefully like misinformed and getting all and hyped up, etc. And, um, just like, kind of like the Europeans when they, um, came in and the first, and the first nation Americans, and they just felt like they were better than them, whatever. This group of people now with digital communication, whatever, they they have like private chats. I found one on Facebook or whatever where they shared like images. I, get, I went on there. There's all sorts of images of me f- fucking walking around town and shit. Like they was just like this. It, it's, it would be like entering a, uh, the room of some kid at your school and finding out he'd been taking pictures of you on his phone for the past, you know, school year. And they're all printed up on his wall. You're like, what the fuck is this? I found one of these things on Facebook um, because they didn't make it private, but they named it something really weird. Because I got it, uh, I got a tip from somebody. Um, they called it the uh, what they call it, the Führer's body double, and they call I guess the nickname for me was the Führer. Be uh, basically call me not, uh, Hitler. Literally, they were just calling me the Führer. They're calling me Hitler in the group. Can you imagine considering words have power? Think about that. You know, remember that little, what I went on about words having power, the difference between an African-American, what's assigned to that idea, and a black American. You know what I'm saying? One is you're not of us. The other one is you're one of us. Think about a group of people having a private Facebook group dedicated to me just taking pictures and video of me all around town, calling me Hitler constantly. It was bananas anyways uh they called the they called me the Fuhrer because there was a because there was a rumor that i only had one ball 
How fucking silly is that? Anyways, that that group got deleted pretty much a couple hours after I found it. But only because my phone uh, phones are always hacked. So they have... Uh, they know where I go online and shit like that. Because that's really important. Because I'm the most popular girl at school. Anyways, but here's an example of... Two examples of authoritarianism is... We're better than you. We're, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to assimilate you. And then the sec- another flavor of that was... Even though, you know what I'm saying? Yes, you're the expert on this subject. But we, what we say is true. And we're going to hurt you until you say what we say is true. That's the second example of that authoritarianism is authoritarianism at the Marion Massacre at the Labor Union. So, going back to what I was saying is I have a problem now where there's a new um, like I said, they kept changing the reason for my abuse. I mean, I'm not even going to go into my personal. I'm just going to let you know they kept changing the reason. And it was just like, no, it's this. No, it's this. Well, actually, it's this. Actually, it's this. And since the people who are abusing you, it doesn't cost them anything to be a fuck, to be mean to you and police in your community, whatever, are just are letting people know this is acceptable and they're not going to do anything about it. In fact, they're going to help them. Um, it doesn't matter if the if they're right. If especially a group of people who've already put it in their brain, like I'm allowed to abuse this person and I'm not going to question what I'm being told. So I'm dealing with currently where I went and took a polygraph to stomp out these uh, rumors about me that's getting people all hyped up using mass formation psychosis in my community. And so I stomped out one of, uh, one of these things. And uh, one of these things, I'm not even going to bring it up, um, on why it's, that, on it's not true at all. And what's going on is... These people are just keep repeating it. They just keep saying that this is true, this is true, this is true. And now what they're doing is, even though I go out of my way to show them, no, it's not. And I back up my sources and I back up things and I go and do things like even go get a fucking polygraph. And I wouldn't, when I went and got a polygraph, it was such a weird, I would never thought I would ever cross that off my list uh, of life experiences. If you would have asked me when I was fucking 18 years old over 20 years ago i'm 39 now you would ask me when i was 18 years old bro when you are in your late 30s you're gonna have to go get a polygraph find somebody and and first off and then before you get your polygraph you're gonna have to ask yourself am i just gonna get a polygraph from some asshole or i'm gonna go get the michael jordan of polygraphs to take my polygraph so there would be no doubt it wasn't just some asshole with a typewriter in the back of his car and just believe me um, so I went and I found the guy who's the head of the entire polygraph association, the guy who issues the license for sheriff's departments and all sorts of, did you know, like feds and CIA agents are constantly taking polygraphs all the time? Like it's, it's a standard practice to keep, uh, to make sure that their people are honest, uh, especially like detectives doing investigations just to make sure that they're being honest and they're not doing backward shit. So it's a standard that is absolutely trusted a thousand percent by the, the local governments, federal governments, etc. So I was just like, fuck, I guess I'm going to get a polygraph. But I'm going to get the fucking Bentley of polygraph. So I went and I found this dude. I found his practice. It was I was so lucky. It was in downtown San Diego. This guy, uh, the guy who is the president of the, of the polygraph association, the guy who issues the licenses. 
took my polygraph. One of the questions answered the question for these people that they were getting so crazy about, right? I did this two years ago. I put it up on the web. I had this, like I said, I had this whole website, No Stephen Beckman, where I go over these things to show them what they're saying is wrong and this is incorrect information that they're sharing. I've even plastered this website all over my car, look like a fucking weirdo, but it's like when you're getting stalked by people and they're stalking your car all day, maybe they'll, you know, the, the website that they're staring at all day while they're stalking you all around town, maybe they'll go to it and learn something. I don't want to tell them these things. Well, how about they just learn themselves? You know, and I make these, try to make these videos bite-sized, under five minutes, etc. You know what I'm saying? So they can get this information quick. Because these people are wasting hours, months, day, you know, days, months, sometimes years fucking with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they won't take five minutes to, to, you know what I'm saying? To get all the information. You know, obviously, obviously it's just they, they enjoy treating somebody like they're less than. Think about that. Think about that analysis. Do I want to continue to spend years of my life? In my head, pretending this guy's a threat, or do I want to spend minutes to figure out everything that's going on? If they choose not to take minutes to answer all the questions, it's because it's not about it's they just want to treat someone like dog shit. They enjoy it. They enjoy cops are gonna look the other way. They were just toxic people. They were just waiting for someone to allow them to be. I heard this great quote on the Rogan show where he was saying, like, not everybody should have should be a millionaire or a billionaire not everyone should have the capability to be their full self and i totally totally agree but this is kind of one of those things how you know having a lot of money allows you to get away with things to you know have police let you go through you know what i'm saying to you know what i'm saying get away with crimes or whatever this is one of those things when you're being in my case when you're being harassed um it's almost like having money for these people, so now they can be their real toxic self because now they have the similar method of they had the similar amount of permission to do whatever the fuck they want to a person. So it's kind of like being wealthy in a sense. You're just allowed to treat someone like shit, and you can break every law, or whatever. The cops just look the other way. But anyway, so I went and I took a polygraph. I answered these people's questions so they could chill the fuck out. I posted on the web because I was just like, I understand if you hear something. But I'm going out of my way to give you the correct information that's backed up by sources, not just people saying things. And um, it did not. It's these motherfuckers are not trying. They're not trying to fucking hear that they've been wrong. They've been abusing me blindly for fucking two years now since I've put this to bed for them, because that would mean that they are pieces of shit. And someone who's had a permission slip to basically treat you like a. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody who has, you know, who uh, has lots of melanin back in the 50s and 60s. They, they're just treating me like dog shit. They put poison in my food all the time. If I go to an eatery, they've all fucking spit in my food and my drinks. Like they don't even know me. Like I went out of my way. Like I said, I have this shit all over my fucking car. Well, I took it off my side windows because I was afraid I was going to get a ticket for uh, obstruction. But I had it up all over my, all my windows. <laughs> For a while, looking like a fucking weirdo. So, well, what's going on now is they're using this... Because I live in San Diego, so there's the, um, we had the border really close. Tw- 20 minutes away from where I'm at. And a majority of what they're using on me is stolen iridium. 
and stolen cobalt 60. It's a radiation source. And, I mean, just to get this shit here, you have to understand the logistics. I don't understand, but there's people in the community who, like, they have, like, little garage meetup groups. I had to find this out the hard way because, like I said, I was getting help from people saying, bro, this shit is out of control what's going on here. Uh, they got, like, little garage groups and little groups that group chats and shit like that. And they fucking go to a guy's house and he sets up their car. And then they'll go and find you where you're at to fucking go and blast you with this shit. Like, bananas. But you need to understand. Uh, type, type this in just so you know I'm not pulling this out of my ass. Type in stolen iridium, Mexico. Type in stolen cobalt 60, Mexico. The cartels regularly steal um, radioactive material from like cancer hospitals and stuff like that in Mexico because they use it for oncology. And what happens is usually when the stuff gets at like half intensity, the oncology department or the hospital will send it away back to the place where it came from, um, either to be destroyed or recharged or what have you. And what they will do is, in, in route, they will take the half-as-intense radioactive material and steal it and use it for assassinations, selling on the black market for terrorist groups that want to buy a dirty bomb or whatever. This is happening 20 minutes from my house, by the way, all the time. But to get it here, since Department of Homeland Security has these things that detect radiation sources, they had to... They, the only way to get the radioactive material here is through drug tunnels, and you have to understand a tunnel, you call them a drug tunnel, you think, oh, drugs come through it. Like, a tunnel is a tunnel. They smuggle people through that shit. Guns, uh, pharmaceuticals, drugs, you know what I'm saying, stolen equipment, uh, 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 fucking all sorts of shit. And one of those things that they put through those tunnels is this radioactive material that they constantly steal. And you can you can see when they fuck up and they get caught uh, by typing it in. Stolen Iridium Mexico, stolen Iridium San Diego. So the radioactive shit that they're using on me, like I said, these local people who are just, they're, like I said, mass formation psychosis, they get so fucking hyped up. It's like I'm the most popular girl at school, even though, do you know what I'm saying? Like if these people um, really had a problem with any things that they're saying about me, uh, there would be a demographic group which is in the thousands here in San Diego, and I can show it to you on a government uh, website, which they keep this information, would be null, but it's not, and in fact, it grows by the day, and that's all I'm going to fucking say about this, on that part, but the people who are doing this stuff, this stuff had to be smuggled from Mexico, in a tunnel, put on a truck, brought here, stored, there's also, you have to understand, since we're a military town, there is, we have lots of small planes that go over, but Lots of these small planes that we have going over are also full of, um, what do you call it? Because we're San Diego, we have three major bases here. Highest concentration of military and military personnel. They've got like um, stingray equipment in it to scoop up data and shit like that. Because you don't understand, like it's a military ba- it's a military town. It might seem like the military is disconnected, but, you, but the cities that surround a military base, the military feels entitled to know what's going on and for their own personal security. In fact, the same skill set that they use to, I don't know, take over a small 
Latin American country because they had a lot of curved yellow fruit uh, to sell. That the CIA thought that United Fruit can make a profit from, and so they just overthrew the company. That overthrew the country. By the way, that's why it's called Banana Republic. That's that slang term. Uh, those same skill sets that they use, they also use in the towns around the military bases here in San Diego to control the city government, etc. Because the military sees that as an extra layer of protection outside of the bases. And like I said, the military feels entitled to do those things because the military sees it as, you know what I'm saying, their own personal security. Let me look at my time here. 48 minutes. So anyways, I'm dealing with this situation where I've put this put this shit to rest and you know this this mass formation psychosis shit they've just been hyper obsessed with it and what they're using with this radioactive material that's been smuggled here brought over to this area they have to hide it because a lot of these planes like i said the flyover also scan for radioactive material believe it or not because it's around a military base they got to make sure they're all weapons and shit these are these are real tools that they use in fact they have an even gnarlier version of a uh, plane that searches for radioactive material that they fly uh, over, like over Europe and shit, like looking for like ICBMs and shit like that all the time. But there's a smaller version of that technology used, and it's flown over San Diego County all the time, looking for this radioactive material. So that means that they had to fucking hide this shit. Well, they had to put it in a container that doesn't shed this uh, 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 radioactive shit, like. A lot of logistics went into just getting this shit here. You think that these people would understand, like, no. These are hitmen coming to fucking kill this dude. And they're trying to get you guys all riled up and do this shit for them. So they, you know what I'm saying? So now you have a bunch of people in the community who, I'm not going to go to jail for murder. Are you going to go to jail for murder? I'm not going to go to jail for murder. They don't, they don't realize it. But anyways, so basically what, what I'm dealing with, which is why I made this podcast, is... So, like, now there's this new thing. Like I said, the, the goalpost has moved over quite a bit that these people keep repeating. And I've put this shit to bed for these people. Like I said, I went out of my way, got a polygraph, posted the results, made sure it was the fucking... I got the Tom Cruise of polygraphs. I got the Michael Jordan of polygraphs to take it. Um, believe it or not, there's even some police officers that crashed my polygraph. They were ended up laughing halfway through my... Uh, um, consultation beforehand so so i even had cops fucking there to make sure you know what i'm saying i've you know what i'm saying because this shit got so out of control these rumors and shit because of this mass formation psychosis so they even crashed it so ever so these motherfuckers just know none of that that shit was true and i would told the truth about it and uh these people are still acting crazy and what i'm having people do now in town is shoot me with this radiation shit and then inform me no that's not true what you're saying. What you're, what you're, you know what I'm saying? Based off this rumor, what they do is they communicate to me, no, that's not true. You know what you did wrong. And I'm just like, bro, that I didn't do anything wrong. And basically they're shooting me with this shit. And they're then they're saying, look, we don't care what you say. We don't care that you went out of your way to, and, and that you're the expert on this. And then you made it and then you let us know what the fucking truth was. We don't care about that. What we are here to do is to shoot this shit at you and tell you what we say is true. Now, what does that remind you of? And this is this micro-authoritarianism that I'm dealing with right now. And I imagine 
If you're going through this program right now and, you know, let me see how many minutes, 51, um, and it's because, you know, your government dissonance or some jagoffs at Department of Homeland Security put you on that easily to get on a terrorist list, you can get on that for literally homeschooling your kids. Did you know that? Or talking about the Book of Revelation online. Or hoarding gold and or bullets. Did you know that? You can just get put on a terrorist list for that. That's insane. They made these stipulations. But yeah, but anyways. So if you got on one of these lists or whatever and they destroy your life, um, you're going to deal with this micro-authoritarianism where this mass formation psychosis is going to happen. The people who've been riled up to fuck with you are going to be provided ways to abuse you and you will you can go out of your way to to clear it up for these people look no and not only am i just saying this but i have experts involved saying this isn't true i'm not saying this so you can literally go out of your way but because of this mass formation psychosis these people will start to experience uh the privilege and I want to call it of micro-authoritarianism where, no, it's not what you say is true, even though you're the expert and you've shown us this isn't true. We're here to fucking abuse you and let you know what we say is true. And we have ways to hurt you and you don't have a way to hurt us. So what we say is fucking true. And it will really fuck with you hard. Um... It will really fuck with you hard, especially when like the truth doesn't set you free. And then you just start scrambling. I'll tell you, before before when I didn't understand the 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 intricacies of all the the human behavior hacking that have happens during in this program, like, bro, it'll throw you for such a fucking loop. Like when you're like, I'll just fucking tell them the truth. And then, you know what I'm saying? They'll leave me alone because that's all they want. They're just, they're just scared and misinformed. Like fucking no. These people become addicted to saying, uh, to listening to one loud monkey with small balls, repeat something over and over and tell them that, and they're telling them that you're the enemy because this, this, uh, this gang stalking, et cetera, there's a formula to it. We learned it's mass formation psychosis to get it going. So having the truth not set you free will fuck you in the head in the gnarliest way because you've been taught that your whole fucking life. And you'll go out of your way to calm these motherfuckers down. But once they're being... Now they have the ability to kind of be their full selves. They have this extraordinary privilege of fucking with you and there being no consequences. And now lots of these people, especially the degenerates, they don't want that permission slip taken from them. They enjoy this. They in, lots. It's like uh, being given a million dollars. How people in the lottery get like a million dollars and then they just blow it because it's not earned money. They don't understand the value of that shit. The same thing is with having this mass formation psychosis and having the privilege of treating you like dog shit and getting away with it. It's like they don't know how to handle the authority or the privilege of being able to fuck with someone and then being able to consciously fuck off when perhaps, you know what I'm saying, they've been informed on the original reason why they're allowed to treat you like you're less than was not right or wrong. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to let you take that shit away. They're like, they're like a lot of winner. They don't, 
They don't know how to fucking, they don't know how to, you know what I'm saying? They don't know how to be responsible with that shit. It's a bunch of people who haven't had this privilege before. And then they, they'll go ape shit. And then to sustain it and not get it taken away, they'll just start doing shit. And this is something I'm experiencing. And like I said, since humans aren't, you know what I'm saying? There's been thousands, hundreds of, of billions of people before me. I'm certain you're going to come across this person who's listening to this now in the future or however long this stays up. Hopefully they don't delete it after I'm fucking worm food, however long that is going to be. But, um, yeah, man, this micro-authoritarianism, what I'm doing with now is they'll shoot me with this radiation shit to the point where I have radiation poisoning and then communicate to me, no, that's not true. What we say is true. Even though I've gone out of my way to make it easy for these people. Because all I'm trying to do is continue my existence. But because of mass formation psychosis, because now they're listening to, uh, you know, a few monkeys with small balls uh, howl about this shit over and over. And they're told, you're right. You got to fucking do this to this guy or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We're going to give you the means to do it. Um, you're going to face this. And it's micro authoritarianism. It's you're not right. And we will continue to hurt you. And in my case, they're using gamma radiation, using iridium and fucking cobalt 60. You can't hear that shit. You want to think about a gunshot is lethal. This shit is so fucking lethal, bro. I could get leukemia. I can, there could be something happen to me called total systems atrophy where all my organs are just like, we can't handle this shit anymore, dog. Um, and it's severely affecting my health. The hot and what happens? They'll go to the hospital until and have cops and DHS agents go to the hospital if they know I'm going to go to a hospital visit because my phone is hacked. Go tell these doctors to not treat me and shit like that because I'm a bad, horrible person. Even though, like I said, I went out of my fucking way uh, to make this information available for people. I put it all, I plastered all over my fucking car, and these people follow me all around in it all day. Um, just like with the fucking Marion Mill massacre, the people they're not fucking providing they didn't provide health care for the people because the family who owned the mill had so much pull and that's basically you know what i'm going through is i'm getting massively injured by people who've been provided this radiation shit they're told to put it in their car how it works or whatever and these people think they're going on special missions to do defeat a massive enemy or whatever and they're not and it's just crazy and They'll communicate to me after they shoot me with this radiation shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is why this is happening to you. And it's like, no, dude, I've put literally put everything to bed. And I've put this information for you online. And it's not me just saying words. It's me using experts, having experts vouch that this stuff isn't real. And it's not enough for them. And a lot of these people are degenerates. And, you know, it's fuck. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen to me. But micro-authoritarianism is something I'm dealing with. It's happened to me many times today, actually. It's the only reason why I, uh, I've been sitting on this podcast, but I researched it more before I talked to you about it. But you will experience this. People will lose their shit, and there will be a get to a point where they've become so used to abusing you, eventually they're going to go into a micro-authoritarianism mindset. It's like, we don't care what you say. We don't care if you literally bring us facts it's what we say, and we're going to hurt you until you fucking fold. Just like with the Marion Mill Massacre. We don't care that this shit is happening to you in the fucking mill. We don't care. 
It's what we say. We're going to fucking kill you until you get back to work. I hope this helps. And I hope this message gets to you as I broadcast from deep inside the filter bubble.